guys, welcome to the Villain Era podcast. I am super happy to have a guest episode this week. Um, we've been rolling on the guest episodes. They're so much fun because I feel like I have talked to you all for a while about my story. So I think bringing in some other perspectives has been really fun. But this week I have another coach. Um, she's a little bit more in like the yoga and wellness world, I believe. Um, but her name is Cassidy and I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself to you guys. Hello, it's such an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Like Justine said, I am Cassidy and yoga is kind of how I got into the coaching, wellness, mentorship space. And, you know, if if that's you also, it's like this deep dive into a whole world that I didn't even know existed. And so I'm definitely enjoying finding my footing and um, it's evolved quite a bit from, you know, telling people to breathe and touch their toes and and I still do that, but it's definitely evolved into some other really cool things. So that's me. Uh, well, so tell me, what what do you feel like this has evolved on? Um, like, talk to us a little bit more in terms of like, I mean, it seems like maybe you do a lot of deeper things. And I would love for you to share that. Yeah, absolutely. So my base is yoga and mindfulness. And through that avenue, really just people saying, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? I found myself in a lot of corporate settings, um, a lot of somatic settings, which I know that you're familiar with since you're in Lacey's world, um, and a lot of stress management, actually. When I came into teaching yoga, I knew my own background was from a place of burnout and recovering from that, but I actually didn't realize that there were so many people that also experienced that, and so you know, what started is just like, okay, fun. I, I love teaching yoga. It's changed my life. It became something of like, oh, I actually love helping people solve stress. And my avenue happens to be yoga and mindfulness and meditation, but it's really this, this bigger picture of helping people solve stress and really like accomplish their dreams while doing it peacefully. Like the ambitious person who wants to to do all the things, but to do it a little slower, a little bit more peacefully. That's really my favorite thing to do. So, yeah. So what were you doing before you got into coaching and yoga that caused the burnout or maybe inspired you to get into this world in the first place? Yeah. So I was living in Malaysia. I was actually doing full-time ministry, which anyone who knows me kind of on this side of my life was probably shocked by that. Um, but I was actually in ministry for about 10 years and I lived overseas. We actually ran a leadership school and in a lot of ways, it's the same. It was all about leadership development, spiritual development. And although I loved it, I had no boundaries and so got burned out, um, actually discovered during that time that I experienced OCD. And so I don't really like to think of it as a disorder, but my life experience is one where <laughs> that's how my brain interacts with the world. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know what OCD is, it's obsessive compulsive disorder. And essentially it's this experience of intrusive thoughts and then taking compulsions in order to help alleviate the anxiety of those intrusive thoughts. So for a lot of people, kind of the classic example on movie or in movies is like the person who's very clean or washes their hands a lot. That is not what OCD is actually like, though that can be what it looks like here and there for some people. For me, um, it essentially landed me in a place of extreme depression and anxiety. And I stumbled into yoga, trying to heal my stomach pain. So I had chronic stomach pain, did not know that it was from anxiety and depression. Like literally tried every diet, every exercise, everything I could think of from a physical standpoint. And when I started practicing yoga, I literally like physically became addicted to it. Like I would wake up, it would be the first thing I would do. I would crave it all day. And what I realized over time is that my stomach pain was just a symptom of anxiety. So the more I did yoga, the less anxiety, the better my stomach felt. The circle continues. I forget this is mostly just audio. I'm I'm waving my hands around, but that's how that's how it kind of landed for me. Anyways, long story short, as I stepped out of that career path and really owned this place in me of 
okay, I'm not going to ever stop being someone who's ambitious and who works hard and who works late. Like that's always going to be who I am. How can I do it in a sustainable way? And so I started pulling practices from yoga, from yoga philosophy to actually encourage and enrich my career life so that I didn't feel like I had to choose, you know, live in the jungle and do yoga all day or have a career I loved, but I could actually pull in both. So, yeah, I love that you shared. Thank you for sharing that you struggled with OCD because similarly, I had um, an ex in my past life who, you know, was later diagnosed with it. And I think so many people think of it a lot as like the counting and things like that. And there was a little bit of that, like where there would have to be like touching things like before the stove Mm -hmm. and stuff before we would leave. But you could just see how it really showed up in just a lot of like control ways around so many other things as well, because really it's one of those words that we're really supposed to stop using the way, you know, we're like, oh, I'm so OCD when you just want things lined up. But I think it is not understood how much deeper that's really affected a lot of people in terms of like a mental, you know, it's not just counting and making sure things are like lined up, but there's a huge mental side that comes in with that. Yeah, OCD is probably one of the most misunderstood experiences because there is so much kind of um, what it would it be called, like modern media about it, or there's like all these perspectives. So I didn't know that that was my experience. And looking back, once I learned what OCD was, I was like, oh, I've experienced this since I was for as long as I can remember. There was no traumatic event. There was no thing that caused it. For me, it's just, I see that that's the way my brain is geared. And so a lot of the work in the beginning was understanding it, but not making it my identity. So often with mental health, it becomes like almost this attachment to this idea of ourselves. But I was very convinced early on, like, this isn't the end of my story. Like this is, this might be how I experienced the first, I was 26 when I learned what it was. This might be how I experienced the first 26 years of my life, but I see the ways in which it's held me back, but I also see the ways that it's been really good. And so I can look back and I can go, okay, how can I pull out what is good about my OCD brain? If you need to know where a file is in my house, I can be on vacation in India and get on the phone with you and tell you exactly where to find a file from 20 years ago. Like that's done. Okay. But like, but also, you know, sometimes like, for example, my husband, the other day, I said, I have, I have a couple candles on, I'm going to go blow them out. He said, yeah. Cause even if I blow them out, we'll get halfway down the street and we'll have to turn around. And like, we have a very loving relationship. So he can lovingly say those things mm-hmm. um, in a way that's like really fun and lighthearted. But, you know, that's like, that's like a very light piece of it um, at its, it, in a really painful way. Um, OCD has the ability to like really destroy your relationships, your friendships, and not always in the way people think. Like, I don't know the specific person or the context for the person that you dealt with with OCD, but it can be very, like you said, controlling and painful. Um, And then the opposite can be true. Like I had someone in my life who actually used OCD to, as a way of abuse towards me and used the manipulation of my mental health to hurt me and gaslight me and blah, 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 blah. And so it's a delicate thing, but I think the more we can understand it, And the less we, for a long time, it was like, this is just the way it is. The only way to deal with it is medication and therapy. And when I heard that, I was like, I just don't buy it. Yeah. I just don't buy it. I have to find out what else is possible. And that was a huge part of my yoga journey too, is just, okay, what, what else is possible? And, and really learning to love my OCD brain (laughs) and then to like work, work with it. And then of course, to like actually face the things, you know, the, the shitty parts that it brings up in me, the things that are not helpful, that are really painful, a common one um, that was very true for me in the past. And I know from working with people that have OCD, a very common one is like, 
almost an obsessive need to like make sure things are okay. So with your loved ones, are we good? Are we okay? Are we good? Are we okay? To dig up the past, to try to figure things out. This kind of behavior hurts people, right? And so anyways, it's just a journey. Yeah. So how did you go about getting the diagnosis? Was that through therapy? Yeah. So a friend of mine, um, who I knew had OCD, he was describing what his actual experience was like one day and it clicked. It was like, well, that's me. That's what my life experience is like. I thought everyone else had figured out a way to get past it. I thought like I was the only one who just like hadn't figured out life yet. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like go talk to an actual professional, tell them what you experience. And so that's what I did. Awesome, awesome therapist, very helpful to have language for it. Um, and I did, I tried medicine and I was in therapy for th like three times a week at one point, hospitalized for depression, OCD, pretty extreme situation. Um, and it, it, those things were helpful, but it was a lot of actual like mindset, nervous system regulation, um, healthy healthy like movement and lifestyle diet those things are actually the things that helped me move forward and a specific type of yoga um, yin yoga anyone who is experiencing OCD whether it's circumstantial and it's just a season or even like a lifetime of it I would highly recommend yin yoga yeah what I mean how, <laughs> what makes that different than any other yoga <laughs> so the way I use yin yoga to really really I use I'm this isn't like something I do so I'm not trying to be like and then now buy my program like this isn't something I really sell anymore I used to but anyways I this but this is amazing I wish someone would have told me I had to go figure it out which is fine it was fun um so essentially I used yin, okay I learned about yin yoga yin yoga what you do is you intentionally put yourself into a position that is uncomfortable. So it could be, let's say like reclined butterfly. So think about when you're a kid, you put your feet together, your knees open wide, you're laying all the way back, right? The first 30 seconds of that might not feel like a big deal. But in yin yoga, you stay there for a minute and a half, 10 minutes, sometimes longer, depending on your practice. At a minute and a half, your muscles soften your body relaxes. And traditionally they say it softens enough that it's able to get into your connective tissue. But you have to reach that point of discomfort for it to happen. What, what oftentimes comes up is we wanna move, we wanna adjust, we wanna get more comfortable, but you actually have to be in that place of discomfort to get the benefit of this release that happens at about 90 seconds. Your whole body at that point literally feels like it's releasing. It gets easier depending on your practice for about 30 seconds to a few minutes. And then it gets harder again, usually at which point it's time to come out of it. So the idea is that you're embracing discomfort to eventually get to that release, right? And then on the back end, you come out of it. And when you come out of it, there is this rebound effect blood flows in a new way in your body things feel like almost alive is the best way I know how to describe it you got to experience it go take a yin yoga class <laughs> <laughs> but the same thing happens with our they believe with our thoughts I'm not a neuroscientist but research shows thoughts last 90 seconds feelings last sorry not thoughts Feelings last 90 seconds. The emotional experience lasts 90 seconds in our body unless we attach a thought to it. And so if we don't get attached to the feeling, then that sensation moving through our body, maybe it's anxiety. Maybe I'm, I'm getting ready for this podcast and I'm like, okay, I feel this thing in my stomach. And one option is to go, okay, I feel this thing in my stomach and to just feel it and to let it pass. The other option is to go, what if I do horrible on this podcast? What if I'm awful? What if Justine hates me? What if her community hates me? What if I'm not a villain enough? What if I'm not in, like, what if, what if? And then it grows. And that emotion, that experience, that sensation of 
butterflies in the stomach or maybe tightness around the shoulders. Now it's not just a sensation that's coming and going. It's now being held in your body through all these thoughts. So I learned these different things at different times and I started practicing in yoga. And what I realized is that yin yoga for my body was very similar to what the therapist had tried to be like, who needs to do this for your brain? Don't react to the feeling of anxiety that happens with the intrusive thought. Okay, right? Intrusive thought comes in for OCD, and then you take a compulsion to try to remedy that thought. Well, what I realized is I had to be able to sit with the discomfort of that thought without moving, without doing anything, without the compulsion. And if I could just be uncomfortable for five minutes, 10 minutes, eventually 20 minutes, then maybe I'd forget about it. Maybe it would go away. So I started doing the same thing with my brain that I was doing with my body. So I basically just took this yin yoga for my body, implanted it for my brain. And over time, I realized I'm not doing the compulsions that I've literally been doing my whole life. My whole life. Or I'm now not doing them. I'm trying to think of a really good example. Like um, one, a common one is picking. Like this, this need to pick your skin or to like have your skin feel perfect. And, or like I would never wear makeup because I thought like, well, if, if it's not perfect, it's not worth wearing it. I can wear makeup now because I'm like, well, if it's not perfect, guess what? I'll be uncomfortable for about a minute while I think about how silly I might look. And then I won't react to it and I'll get over it. And I know it sounds really simple. And if you're suffering with OCD, it sounds too easy and too good to be true. But literally this process, it, it changed everything for me. I love that. I hope someone <laughs> listens to this. And I know. I hope. I hope that's yeah. really helpful. That's like all my training condensed into like what three? How how long was that monologue? Three minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> um, I would love to circle back to as well. I think that there. I think it's really interesting that you were in ministry because I think that a lot of people find some confusion between religion and then moving into spirituality or finding that balance where they feel like they can have, you know, more organized religion and then also um, belief in like the universe and breath work. And I would love for you to share, you know, where, if you, whatever you feel comfortable with around your beliefs and how you have really, because I think from someone who gets like spirituality, right, we know that, um, you know, manifestation and prayer are ultimately very similar or, you know, source energy and what people believe in. It's just like a lot of words, but I would love for your thought processes, because I do think a lot of times when we talk from a religious background, it can be almost a little taboo to lean into these more spiritual things. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious where you land on that spectrum too. Like what's your background in, or what's your current Place yeah, I definitely believe in the universe is usually what I say. And I think that there's energy. I am not like diehard, but I do believe in my horoscope a little bit. And I will say that I've had pretty bad experiences with organized religion. So I am, you know, a little, um, I, I just, I got like picked on a lot in church as a kid. It's because you're pretty. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like it's because you're pretty. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's my so, overarching, overgeneralized statement. <laughs> I feel like it really had bad experiences through um just organized religion growing up. And then my ex was um not this, he was Muslim, and not that there was anything, there's nothing wrong with being Muslim, but again, I think that there was just with the organized religion side of it where I am super liberal. And so just the idea of being part of a religion that didn't accept, you know, gay marriage, like that's, those were things that I really was just like, I couldn't get behind this. So that's kind of where I stand around, like organized religion personally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm sorry that church people were mean. I'm sadly not surprised. And um, 
There are good ones. There are definitely good ones out there. Oh, my, my great grandma. <laughs> she goes every Sunday. She is in the choir. Yes. She's the best human I've ever known in my life. So yeah. yes, I know. <laughs> and I had, yeah, I, yes, yes. There are some not good ones out there who use power as a way to oppress and it's painful. Oh, what's your, what's your um, sign? Are you a Gemini? No, I'm a Libra. Oh. You're so, a Libra. Yeah, my birthday's cool. on Thursday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Actually, I supposed to be going through like a huge transformation. Eclipse season starts on Saturday and like things are supposed to go wild actually for both. So I'm a Libra sun and then I'm a Taurus rising. And both signs are supposed to be having some huge transformations going on in October. And I am ready for them. I'm like, please come transform. Get on. Congratulations yeah. in advance. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, my perspective on it all is what I realized along the way was that I'm more interested in discovering than saying this is what is when it comes to like the supernatural, the unknown, the divine, the spiritual, um, so for me personally, like I wouldn't say I do or don't believe in anything in particular, but I am very excited and intrigued to be on the process of discovering, of asking questions, of, of learning. Um, that was a pretty big change. So prior, like I was, my, my family is very much like loving believers of Jesus, very loving, very inclusive, very forgiving, very kind. And that's really the home that I grew up in. My brother's amazing. His family is amazing, like surrounded by Jesus people that are awesome in my quite, um, just yeah, like zero to a hundred personality. <laughs> like I'm not, I don't, I can't do things halfway. So, so, um, you know, God was one of those things that I was like, I can't do halfway. I'm passionate. I'm excited about this. And I had a lot of good come from that season. Um, the transition itself was like the, probably one of the most destructive parts of my life not necessarily self-destructive, but it was really, I was not graceful in the way that I moved through that season. So I went from literally helping lead a team of people and this school to where we grew in spirituality, leadership, where we were telling people about God, where we were in, you know, starting house churches, where we were like front lines, if you will, I'm using air quotes, like we were really doing this to, um, yes, to a huge transition out of that, lost a lot of friends. Um, a lot of people were confused by my decision to, you know, to move forward. I was pretty vocal about the things that I thought were, um, not kind and helpful about that particular situation, um, organization, not that it was all bad, but I was, I was pretty blunt about it. And because of that, there were a lot of people who came to me who were like, this is my experience too. Like, I didn't know other people were dealing with this. And I know like, it's not for everyone to, to, vo to voice it. It is for me in my life to voice these things. That is my, my role in this life is <laughs> to be like, Hey, this isn't right. Like who yeah. else needs a hug because this isn't right. All of that to say, yoga was considered demonic. It was not okay unless it was like holy yoga, which is like a very specific type of Christian yoga, which I'm sure is wonderful. Um, so I hid the fact that I was doing yoga for a very long time. And then as I came out of it and started to enter into more and more yoga spaces, what I found is that I was encountering God and I'm going to use the, the word God. Cause at the time that's, that was my full language for what was happening. I was going to these yoga classes and I was having just as powerful of encounters with God as I was at a church service or, at, you know, we would, we would go out and pray for people and they would be healed. And I'd see people walk 
And I would, I would encounter God just as much in that yoga class as I would going to see people walk. And so the more I heard this, like yoga is bad, yoga is demonic. I'm like, well, whatever, like I'm experiencing God here. So <laughs> do what you want. But like, this is my new sanctuary. Um, but like my, I was in a prior relationship where the, the man like refused to let me do yoga. I was not allowed. It was a very abusive situation. I was not allowed to practice yoga, um, it, from a religious standpoint on his end. And so I think that a lot of people do miss out on these healing things because of, um, something they don't understand one way I like to look at it is like, you seek what you find. So if you're, if you're looking for the demonic, I don't know, even know what that means anymore, but if you're looking for something awful, if you're looking for something shitty, if you're looking to be mean to people, then guess what? You're going to find it. But mm -hmm. like, if you're looking for good, if you're looking for love, if you're looking to bring peace, in my opinion, you're going to find more of that. So that's kind of my perspective kind of my perspective I'm like and this is what I think kind of no I love that and earlier you said am I villain enough and I just think for me especially like the villain era thing is to the point of what you said is I am the person that's going to speak up and that's how I feel about so many things too is I am the person that's going to say something and I wasn't always that way whatever it is going through my life I'm like no I'm the person that is going to say something and I recently actually got into my X has had a very, very big problem with the podcast in general. And so a lot of it though, he, you know, recently I just got a ton of hate in terms of how can you claim that this is healing and like you're putting like hate on towards me by telling, just telling your story is not healing. And I'm mm. like, that's not true. Like the amount of women I've been able to connect with who are just like, wow, I really went through this or like, thank you for sharing this because, you know, I've been thinking about leaving my marriage and I'm really scared and having mm -hmm. that, I'm like, this can be my healing. And if something has gone wrong, I am going to share it, whether it's for my, you know, 50 or 50,000 people, we are here to share those stories. Yes. And I'm so proud of you. Like you. <laughs> it's incredible to see. I'm sorry that 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 you're getting that shade and like that's part like tumbling right I'm about to say this out loud oh my gosh shit like is that not part of our willingness to be the villain right mm -hmm. is to be willing even when it okay for me like when it was not graceful it's like well it wasn't graceful but it was true yeah or like well it might hurt your feelings but this isn't really about you like like all of that, that willingness to be like, which I am a, I'm a historical people pleaser. And so to, to go through these seasons where, yeah, like we, we have to stand up and we have to stand up for the people who aren't called or have that desire to be that voice. And that's okay. I don't think we all need to be just to be super clear. I don't think that there's no pressure on anyone to do that, but when we know it's who we are and yeah. it's like, okay, like, yeah, I'm proud of us. <laughs> proud of you. If you have issues, I'm like, if you have issues, don't listen. That, yeah. That changes everything. Don't listen. Yeah, don't. Yeah, pretty easy. Just press pause. Mm -hmm. Um, This is awesome. I had no idea that we would even get on this topic. One of the I'm things so I definitely wanted to dive into with and we re talked about this a little before but you're pregnant there's a baby in here yeah so how far along are you so I am 23 and a half weeks so that's about five five and a half months um for anyone who's not pregnant or thinking in weeks right now or hours um <laughs> yeah it's about five and a half months and it's awesome I was really sick the first four months and so really just in the last like two or three weeks, I've been able to do literally anything other than sleep. And so it's been really wonderful. Oh, I'm grateful for my health <laughs> in a whole new way. That, that is so true. Yeah. Just being super grateful because I'm sure just first trimester for anyone that I've coached has been 
pretty rough and miserable. So, but obviously with this podcast, one of the things we love to talk about is sex here. So yeah, you offered this up and I was like, yeah, let's dive into this. So I mean, have you noticed a change in sex drive or how has pregnancy affected that in your relationship? Yeah. So sex drive and pregnancy, I hear is different for everyone. So everything I'm about to say is not, it's one of the things I'm learning is there are lots of opinions about pregnancy and motherhood. And I just want to put a big overarching caveat like this. I'm talking about my experience. And even if I say you, it's because I'm literally thinking about myself in my head. Like (laughs) maybe, maybe that's egotistical, but if I'm like, and you, it's like, I'm probably just thinking about myself. So that's my overarching disclaimer. Whatever your experience is, I'm sure it's great. Or talk to your doctor if it's not. But my experience has been awesome. The Even while I was sick, my hormones have been in the right place for the sex drive. So that's been really fun to see. Also, and this might be TMI, but I think that's the whole point here is like everything is feels new Mm. so like everything down there and I don't know all the technical terms so I'll just say down there is like compressed and compacted in a whole new way that is like wow this is so interesting it's almost like nerve endings are heightened do you have children I don't even know this about no no I don't okay okay so it's like all the nerve endings are like heightened everything is like on over overdrive overstimulation it's amazing it's (laughs) amazing um like I'm I have new boobs basically like they've grown probably three sizes there's new there's new things going on there that are great there's you know it's all good stuff um but I will say it's like a new body it's a new body like I'm not used to having a, a belly just to be yeah. really straightforward. And so I'm like, even learning how to feel, not just hormonally feel horny, for lack of better words, but to feel sexy in my body, that's actually been the challenge. So, yeah. I can totally imagine that. I think that as women, even though we know we're supposed to be getting bigger. We are supposed to be getting a belly. We've had decades of our life where we have tried to fight that exact thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious, what are you doing to you know, feel more in tune with your body and be more accepting of the changes that you're going through? Yeah, this one was really very real. And I actually brought this up to a few friends and none of them could relate. <laughs> so I'm gonna say it here. And if there's one person out there who can relate, But I actually, um, not just like seeing the scale move, that for me wasn't a big one, but seeing my body grow before it was defined, it's a, it's a bit more defined now. It's very like, okay, there's, there's, you know, I'm growing a belly, but before it got to that point of defined, um, it was actually pretty hard for me. You know, I'm in fitness. I, I teach a lot of the mindfulness perspective of yoga, but I also do help people like really progress in their body and build a body they love. And I'm used to having abs and I'm, I'm used to um, just certain things. Yeah. And whether that's right or wrong, isn't really the point. It's just what I'm comfortable in. And so watching my body grow is actually really uncomfortable in the beginning. And then like, it's not that my clothes didn't fit immediately, but it's like, if I had eaten a big meal or if I was on vacation and wasn't like maintaining my normal lifestyle or, you know, it was like, that's how it felt for a good three or four weeks. And it was very much an invitation. I took it as an invitation for myself to like, just increase my self-love basically of like, okay, I love myself no matter what. It's not about my body size, but it was a struggle. Like it was real. And I think specifically being in our industry where there is a lot of body focus, it felt heightened of like, okay, this is really, (laughs) this, this is an even bigger push reminder for myself and everyone else, like body love, self-love. 
I will say the other thing that I did that's super practical is I got back to my yoga practice once I could move my body again, once I stopped being sick. And I went and I bought a couple maternity articles of clothing so that I could feel confident in my clothes and not just feel like I was busting out of everything. Like I I'm the person who's like, I don't want to spend the money. It's only going to be a few months. It's not a big deal. No, like it's so worth it to just have a couple things that you feel fantastic in. I started doing my hair more. Like usually I'm like, uh, my hair's never done. I started doing my hair more, just like little things to remind myself, like I'm a human. I'm not just a cartridge for this human to grow. I'm an actual human. Yeah. I love that. I think that the idea of going to get new Um, maternity clothes, it's the same thing if we were putting a client through a reverse diet, which if you're listening to this, essentially with a reverse diet, a lot of people are chronically under eating and we want to get your food back up to maintenance. And for some people that might require them gaining a little bit of weight, or if they're Mm -hmm. going through wanting to put on some muscle, they might change their body shape. And the first thing we're going to say is go buy yourself clothes that fit because you're just going to feel so much better when you have those, which whatever you're going through, whether that's pregnancy or, um, through like weight gain or weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Just having something you feel good in goes so far. I think specifically for women and that might be true for men too, but I only know for women. <laughs> yes. One of the things when we were talking about how we feel in our body as women, and how you are feeling with just feeling like you're having a whole new body in pregnancy, but also still struggling with some changes. Mm-hmm. What are your husband's thoughts? Yeah. So he loves me so much and he is amazing. Like I can only say good things about him. He really is just the most incredible human that I just love him. Um, and what, what have his thoughts been? He, okay, so I don't know, like, I don't know. Uh, This is good. This is good. Like, sometimes I'll be like, look, new boobs, because they're literally like brand new boobs from a month ago. And of course, he's like, yeah, I love them. Like new boobs. Cool. I love them. Um, He has been so supportive. Um, You know, I'm trying to think specifically about my body. I mean, he loves, he loves my body. The thing that's been maybe interesting is like the idea of like, there's a child inside of me. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, I just, it's kind of (laughs) weird. Let's be honest. Like, I'm not going to speak for him. I'm going to speak for myself, but in, in the, in the relationship in general, it's like, there are things that you don't do in front of children, right? Like there are things (laughs) we don't do in front of kids. You shouldn't do in front of kids. That's a hard line. I'm I'm not, I'm not negotiating with anyone on that. And so to be like, there's a child. Usually (laughs) you wouldn't do this in front of a child. It's, it's a learning experience and um, that's new. (laughs) Yeah. Because I feel like it would to the man's side of things as, I mean, we have our own challenges, but we also get it. It's Mm -hmm. our body versus for them. It's an out of body experience that they really aren't experiencing in that way. Yeah. And so what's really interesting is that like, I can feel everything. I knew at three weeks that I was pregnant. Most people don't even find out to like four to eight weeks. Yeah. At three weeks, I was like, should I go out drinking with the girls? And I was like, I got a feeling. I'm just going to go double check. And I was pregnant and I hadn't even missed my period yet. And so like, I can feel everything. And so I'll, you know, I'll tell him something and it's like, he's so sweet and warm hearted about it, but also he doesn't feel his pelvis growing or expanding or, you know, (laughs) his belly button isn't about to pop out. Like there's all these little things that are just new. So he's having you know, he's been really kind and warm and everything, but he also has to adjust. And I read this the other day. I thought it was really interesting. Men just think about different things. So men, and he hasn't said this necessarily, but just reading this article, you know, men are thinking about where's the car seat going to go. Men are thinking about how's, how are the finances going to change? And, you know, where's the 
baby going to sit and whatever, where like, I am feeling the everyday of it. He is thinking most likely about the future. And, you know, mm-hmm. a great example is we live in a, um, we live in a duplex on the water. And so because we're on the water, our home is raised. If you see like a beach house on stilts, that's essentially what our house looks like. So we have to walk up. We're walking up about three flights of stairs to get to our main level. He's thinking we got to get better stairs. Maybe we need an elevator. Should we go buy a home closer to the ground? Like those are his thoughts. My thoughts are how is the baby going to come out of me? Yeah. Like, am I going to have medicine or not? You know? So it's just different. Yeah. And I think also a loss leaning into men are a lot more in that provider mindset a lot of the times and women were in a lot more in that nurturing mindset too, a lot of the times and having that masculine and feminine energy playing into it as well. Yeah. I think it's really interesting, again, kind of relating back to the industry we're in. I was telling my boyfriend last night that I have a video kind of going a little viral on TikTok and it's about macro tracking. And a lot of the comments are very negative saying that I have an eating disorder and that I need to go to therapy and like all of these things. And I've been so in my head last night and I was, he was very like, stop looking at it. Just don't check it. Don't listen to them. These are just people, keyboard warriors who are jealous. And I said, I get that. But at the same time, I think that there is such a balance in when we're talking about health and fitness and weight loss that I like to be really cognizant of in terms of there are a lot of women who do find this triggering or have really struggled with this so much where it's like, I never, I want to talk about, I do believe that people can have a weight loss goal and that's not bad. And I want to be able to talk about that, but I will never forget the first time someone came onto my Instagram and said I was fat phobic. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that's not the message or the energy I want to put out there. And I think anytime we are talking about that, there's a really fine line of saying, Hey, like you can go through weight loss, but also love yourself the way you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I am so proud of you for not taking that video down. And like, I'm just, because I don't know, like, I'm just, I, cause it's so easy to be like, ah, people are coming at me, especially with something that is, that tends to be this like really sensitive topic. I had to decide I'm not walking on a balance beam. I'm just not like people. So I get, I, people give me a hard time because I talk about weight loss and yoga and the heartbeat of yoga is unity, right? Like that's what yoga means. And so sometimes that assumption means that um, sometimes inclusivity and self-love means to people that you can't desire change or you can't reach a goal or you can't as though saying that someone who wants to lose weight is bad I'm using air quotes it's like there's this expectation or this pressure that like what is should just be and I get it I get that on one hand and and I I've worked with people, I know people, personal life in my profession who are not happy and not fulfilled and actually have an eating disorder or have disordered thinking in the opposite direction. And it's rarely talked about. And I know it's sensitive. I know it's sensitive because I'm talking much slower than I usually speak. <laughs> but I think one of the best things we can do for ourselves, because I, I mean, I've I've been there with obsessive thoughts, probably in a different way. Mine was more towards, okay, it has to be all natural. It has to be like from the earth. It has to be, you know, that's how my, which isn't a bad thing, right? But it, the way I let it get out of hand was maybe disordered. I think the more we put ourselves on these um, balance beams, it it has to be like this exact way. And if it's a little to the left, it's a little to the right, then it's disordered. 
we're starting to put this expectation on on everyone that like there it just in, increases that that thing of perfectionism or it needs to be perfect and i just refuse to promote the idea that it's not okay to want to care about your health and i feel like sometimes it goes the other way mm-hmm. like by being like i feel like sometimes the language leans so far the other direction that it's like no, it does matter. It does matter how you take care of yourself. We get one body. I saw this reel the other day and it was like, it's from a yoga guy. He was like, you can get plastic surgery. You can get, you know, you can do this thing with your career. You can do that thing, but you get one body. There's, there's not a second one. And it's like, why not really care about it? But I think the reality is that everyone does actually care they just feel discouraged or like they can't do it or they haven't figured out what works for them. I don't think it's that people want to not be healthy. I think as humans, we have this drive in our body to be healthy, to stay alive, right? It's a survival instinct. And I just can't from like, I can't promote out of, out of a desire to be inclusive. I can't promote that it's okay to not care. Yeah. I wouldn't do that with anyone's relationship. I wouldn't do that about anyone's financial situation. And I'm definitely not going to do it about their body. And so it's like, yeah, we have to learn how to love ourselves exactly where we are, no matter what, and learn what will actually work to be our healthiest self. Like, that's my opinion. Absolutely. I kind of want to go... reflect back a little bit because we have talked about moving your body and how yoga really helped you while you were feeling through depression. And then you've been able to get back to your movement practice again through pregnancy. But I think so often people who are dealing with depression, the hardest thing for them to do is even the thought of to go Mm -hmm. work out or to go, you know, think about grocery shopping. So what kind of tips would you give someone or things that have helped you when you were feeling in that depressive state that got you up to move and connect with your body? Yeah. I think one of the best things we can do from our, for ourselves is making it a habit. And so it's not a, do I feel like it? Because when you're depressed, you don't feel like doing anything. And in fact, the same, the same thing is true. If I'm eating in a way that's doesn't fuel my body. Okay. So like I'm addicted to Chick-fil-A. Like if, <laughs> if people know me, they know this. And I was on this spurt one time where I was literally eating Chick-fil-A every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. And I felt like shit. And so I didn't want to do anything. It was the same, like, it was the same thing. When you feel like shit, you don't, you just are okay feeling like shit. And that for me is how depression was. Um, what I what I do and what I recommend is it's a habit. So it's not a choice. It's just like, it's just not a choice. It's just what you do. It's so easy to say when, and I say this with like so much compassion because it's so easy to say when I'm not in a depressed state. When I'm in a depressed state, it's so hard to just say, get out of bed just get moving to just make the choice to do it for me what helps the most is remembering compassion and having so much self-compassion that it is like just undeniable so it stops being about did I do the yoga or not and it starts being about what am I going to do to show myself compassion in this moment maybe I don't need Maybe going to do a yoga class is too much right now. Maybe what I can do right now is I can stand up and I can go to the shower and I can take a shower. Maybe right now what I can do is I can order myself a meal, but instead of Chick-fil-A, I'm going to order myself something that's going to make me feel just a little bit better, even if it's a smoothie, okay? Like I'm going to give myself the like millimeter step rather than expecting myself to do the mile. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing for depression is just the millimeter step. I love me. that. 
Well, before we wrap up, I like to ask this question. If you were going to give someone, a young girl, yourself, maybe five, 10 years ago, who was ready to step into her villain era, because I actually think that really getting to know you, you're perfect. You're perfect for the villain era. I love it. Thank you. If you had to just give someone, you know, who's maybe struggling or wanting to step into themselves a little bit more, what advice would you give them? That's a good question, Justine. (laughs) I would say trust the process and hindsight is always 2020 and so at what am I at 33 yes I can be like and this is this and this is how I did that and at 23 I needed to go through it Mm -hmm. so as much as it would be great to have saved her or the listener <laughs> um, all of the all of the trouble and heartache and pain. I am a firm believer in the process and in the journey and the unique way that it shapes us. And so, yeah, even like on the darkest nights, just keep going. I love that. Well, if you want to share with everyone where they can find you, if they want more of you, if there's anything you want to share, go ahead and pitch yourself. Oh, cool. Well, thank you for having me on. This has been a blast. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. And now (laughs) I want to know everything that you asked me. I was like biting my tongue because I was like, I want to know this about her. (laughs) I'm looking at the time and I know when we need to wrap up. So please know, I would love to hear all, like, let's hang out. Let's connect. hopefully I can make the next retreat or something I don't know yes although you'll probably have like a human a brand new baby yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) I'll bring them it's fine (laughs) um yeah I would love to hang out with you more um I so I hang out a lot on Instagram and Facebook my handle is I am Cassidy K and that's K-A-S-I-D-Y-K-A-Y And, um, I got a couple things going on, but really like, I would say step one, just come say hi. Like if you enjoyed this, or if I feel like I talked about a million things, if you're like, I need you to expand on that. I'm happy to do so. Just jump in my DMS. I'm, I'm would rather just like chat and say, Hey, than try to sell you something. So (laughs) come say hi, come hang out on Instagram. I'd love to get to know you. And I will link her contacts in the show notes. So if you guys want to go give her a follow and otherwise, I hope everyone has a great weekend.